joining us on the Grissy Sportscast first hockey uh, show. And um, in my opinion, I mean, uh, people that have been following this podcast will know for a long time, hockey I still consider as our national game. Our guest might, um, you know, differ with me in terms of my perceptions of where hockey stands in India at the moment. But it's a game that, um, just to give you how much I value uh, how we do in uh, hockey is that it's a big year for Indian cricket with the World, World Test Championship and the T20 World Cup. But if somebody was to give me a choice, I'd say my priority is to get a, a medal at the Olympics. That's how much I care about Indian hockey. But one place where I do lack is the lack of coverage. And this is uh, for me as well. Uh, although I'm passionate and love the sport and follow the nation as much as I can, um, it's the lack of knowledge about the team, about the state of Indian hockey. Um, and um, I'm hoping I'll get an education and upskilling in a hockey 101. From, and I'm very lucky to have him on the show, uh, journalist uh, Shubhashish. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking time out to um, talk about hockey on uh, Desi Sportscast. Thank you so much uh, for having me on, uh, Bharat. No, the pleasure is ours. Like I said, um, I think um, not enough is talked about uh, field hockey in India, um, especially outside for the, those of us that live uh, outside the country. Uh, we know the incredible history we have of uh, uh, performances in the hockey world, but you know it's not been at that level for a long time, and I think that's why the coverage isn't the same as or what it should be. Um, but my first question to you, Sebastian, is that you know. Why hockey for yourself? Why did you get into being a journalist that covers hockey? Well, uh, Bharat, uh, uh, in, in India, uh, you know, you don't have to be a sports expert to know uh, that India is, is a cricket and a cricket-only country. Although, uh, you know, if I might say, uh, sports like badminton and football have been, uh, you know, actually coming up uh, off late. But uh, I've been a hockey fan uh, since I was a kid. Uh, you know, I loved playing hockey and I loved watching hockey as well, except that the Indian team haven't been, hadn't been doing too well uh, back then. Uh, but there was always a lot of talent available. Uh, there was always a lot of interest in the game, which wasn't always reflected, uh, like you said, uh, you know, in terms of the media coverage. Uh, etc. But I think uh, we've actually come a long way. Uh, for example, the Indians hadn't qualified uh, for the Olympics in 2008. And here we are in, uh, you know, in 2021, uh, actually uh, hoping that India can uh, win a medal, which I, well, I think they can, uh, except that uh, the problem really is, Bharat, and uh, if, if you don't mind, I'd just like to spend a couple of minutes in this. Uh, a lot of people uh, who actually uh, don't follow hockey that closely in India always relate to the eight gold medals. Now, the eight gold medals uh, haven't come in uh, you know, the recent past. Uh, hockey, I believe, was a different sport then, although it's still called a field hockey. You know, it was um, a game of 70 minutes with uh, two, uh, you know, two halves of uh, 35 minutes each. 
you didn't have the rolling substitutions then, you didn't have the synthetic surfaces then, uh, you know, it was, it was very different. The game was a lot slower. Uh, there was a lot of skill involved. And uh, that is the reason why teams like India and Pakistan uh, did well. Now, what happened subsequently is that with the change of surface, uh, the European teams did have a distinct advantage because the game actually, uh, you know, became a lot more faster. Uh, there was a, the game became a lot more physical, and back then the Indians uh, couldn't cope uh, that well. I think now today India is one of the fittest teams on the hockey circuit, and that speaks volumes. Uh, you know, about the way they've improved uh, in terms of the work that the, uh, the support staff have been doing. And uh, since, you know, coming back to the question of why hockey, I feel, uh, you know, people like me who've been diehard hockey supporters, who've actually been with the team through the dark days, mm -hmm. uh, for us, it's time to rejoice because we've been doing phenomenally off late. And here we are in the pro league, uh, you know, maybe we won't play any more games, but we are placed at number three among the top nine teams in the world, which isn't bad at all. So, you know, it's uh, it's all paying off. Uh, and I, I should mention, uh, mention that I'm very jealous of that beautiful shirt you're wearing. Um, I love that shirt. And um, it, <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it just shows uh, your passion for the game. But uh, before I get into uh, the state of hockey in India, I have to start by saying that, unfortunately, we lost... Um, uh, former player and coach MK Koshik um, overnight, um, a really That's sad right. loss, and uh, who did incredible um, for India as a coach and as a player. I think if I'm not wrong, he was uh, part of the Moscow team. You, you'll probably cor correct me, but yes, uh, he he was a part of the Moscow team, and uh, uh, he was uh, an accomplished coach as well, a coach of uh, the Indian women's uh, team, and. Uh, he did extremely well. In fact, uh, the movie Chap Day in India, which was uh, released, uh, I think, in 2007, if I'm not wrong, was partly based on the life of N.K. Kaushik, although not entirely. It's, All right. You know, and uh, I think uh, it's common knowledge that 1980 was uh, when we won our last gold medal. So every player from that team uh, will always be very special uh, to every Indian and to every Indian hockey fan and uh, a great loss, uh, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And I know uh, some people don't count as a proper gold medal, but I personally do. You can only beat the teams that are in front of you and uh, you still have to go out and win. So I class it as a proper gold. Um, but, um, and that, you know, you were talking about the past glories and the stories of Indian hockey and that's what I remember and that's what most people uh, think about it, you know it is the past and I was lucky enough to speak to uh, Sundit Mishra's um, I know a hockey uh, journalist and wrote a couple of books and he was regaling me with some of this and he's covered so many tournaments and uh, what have you but he was saying to me that the hockey federation our federation missed a big chance you know of taking hockey to another level after the 75 World Cup win when the hockey pitches and the uh, conditions and you what you were mentioning were changing um, and uh, but the other positive side of it is that you know you sound very optimistic as to where our hockey is at the moment. Is that the case with the domestic scene as well? 
Well, Bharat, I wish uh, that uh, was the scene with, uh, you know, that, that was the case with the, the domestic scene. Unfortunately, uh, that isn't. Uh, well, because India is a large country and, you know, you have these small pockets where hockey is doing pretty well. One, you have the traditional areas like Punjab and Haryana. And even there, you have the sports, the sports academies. You have four or five sports academies, which are, you know, really world class. And most of the players are actually coming out of those academies. Then you, uh, you know, you go on to the east and you have Orisha, which is doing pretty well. Uh, you have lots of players coming out of there, thanks to a lot of government initiatives. Uh, you know, you have some good services. You have a lot of uh, promotion there. But uh, elsewhere, it hasn't been that great. In fact, uh, you know, there, there was a, a, a tournament, a, a sub-junior national level tournament uh, quite recently uh, in Haryana, and where the boys were actually uh, forced to play on, uh, you know, uh, dusty surfaces. They were not even grass surfaces. They were dusty surfaces. They, were, they, they actually had to stay in... Uh, uh, classrooms, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, didn't have uh, either proper food, nutrition, uh, not even water, uh, uh, as, as far as I uh, heard. And, uh, you know, things like that, I mean, when, when you hear things like that, uh, there is a lot uh, wrong. For example, now in the Netherlands, uh, you know, you have uh, coaching uh, camps for kids as young as maybe seven or eight years old like you have Den Bosch Club etc and most of the surfaces are actually synthetic surfaces so the kids you know even at that age start playing on the synthetic surfaces mm. now India is a large country and India is not a, you know a particularly rich country mm. so you may not have that many synthetic surfaces but you know, what one expects, the least one can do is actually, you know, at least have proper, you know, at least have grass surfaces and uh, proper facilities for for the boys. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really think that a sub-junior uh, national cricket tournament uh, would be treated the same way. No. Just make a comparison, so. Yeah, it, it is a sad feature of um, our sports that our federations um, just consistently let um, various aspects of what they control down, whether it's the women's side, whether it's the junior side, whether it's the facilities, you know, it, it's just, I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, and it's one thing that is consistent is how bad our federations are, even, dare I say, the BCCI has got a lot of faults. Uh, but, um, and, and I take your point about the artificial uh, pitches and how our country is not the richest compared to some of the European ones in size and uh, what have you. But I don't think it should be an excuse in this day and age for the Federation to ensure that the uh, artificial services are available or tournaments are held on where those are available. So, um, you know, that it's still happening in 2021. It's very, very sad. Um, but I remember, you know, um, when I, like I said, I've been into a hockey field hockey for a long time. And I remember, you know, reading about, because that's all I could do living in the UK at that time, was about the Bombay Gold Cup, the Baiting Cup, then the India Hockey League, I thought was a fantastic idea that seemed to replicate what the IPL did and 
raise our players to uh, another level where they were playing, you know, international stars on a regular basis. Um, but from what you're saying, that progression has stopped. You know, the, the focus isn't on those tournaments. The focus, I don't even remember being interested in the national hockey championships and, uh, you know, seeing how the teams were really passionate about winning those tournaments. But from what you're saying, that's not the case anymore. You know, uh, Bharat, when, uh, when I was growing up, uh, there were teams like uh, Indian Airlines and a lot of uh, the national players came uh, from, the, from the Indian Airlines, uh, from the Indian Railways. In fact, uh, there used to be matches between teams of the Indian Railways and the Pakistan Railways mm. and the Indian Airlines and the Pakistan Airlines because there were a lot of national players from India and Pakistan in these teams. So, uh, you know... I felt a domestic, the domestic hockey scene was a lot better then. There was uh, a lot of, uh, you know, good media coverage uh, as well. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, the league is concerned, uh, what, uh, what we were told was that there wasn't a window uh, for the international players to actually, you know, come to India because... Uh, you know, the FIH uh, was constantly experimenting with new tournaments and mm. new formats. For example, uh, in the past, you had the Champions Trophy mm. uh, every couple of years. And you had the Olympics and the World Cup separated by two years. Every two years, you had, uh, you know, one of, one of these tournaments. Uh, the FIH then started the, you know, the Hockey League of their own, uh, which was the the Hockey World League. And uh, the Hockey World League, I felt was pretty successful, but the FIH didn't. And uh, now, of course, uh, you know, you've moved on. And for, for that reason, I believe, Bharat, that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a really big blow to the FIH, if I may say so, uh, the pandemic, because it was really, really ambitious, uh, you know, what they uh, conceived about the top nine teams in the world actually playing a home and away format. In fact, the first uh, edition uh, of the tournament was uh, really, uh, you know, it was grueling because you had to play a couple of matches at home and then a couple of matches away. So you needed to have, uh, you know, a level of depth and a level of consistency which was quite mind-boggling to play that many matches. But the reason they did that was that, you know, like you have, you can watch cricket year-round. You can watch mm. high-level uh, cricket year-round. And yeah. it's the same with football. So what the FIH wanted to do was to do something similar for hockey. So you can have a high-level, a high-quality international match every weekend. Uh, and, uh, you know, India didn't play the first uh, edition and uh, we're now, uh, India did play the second edition. I think they did pretty well, uh, you know, against the top three teams in the world in 2020. That's Belgium, Australia and Holland. And uh, again, we've done well against Argentina, but uh, unfortunately the matches are cancelled. But coming back to your question, what I was told then was that there wasn't a window for the league to uh, begin. But I think there's more to it than uh, just that because, uh, you know, a lot of the international players as well liked coming to India. Mm. And uh, they really enjoyed uh, playing uh, 
in the league. So uh, I really wish uh, it begins again. And I also wish, if I may add, uh, Bharat, that I feel a lot, you know, we need to have a system where the international players actually get to play in the domestic league, right. in the domestic tournaments. So what happens is when you have a player of the level of Manpreet Singh or, you know, the actually top international players coming and playing with the smaller teams, let's say, uh, at, at the state level, or the district level, it then pushes the standard of hockey up there. And then you have, it pushes the overall standard up. So uh, I think we need to see a lot more of that happening. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I couldn't understand why the, uh, the Federation dropped the uh, Indian Hockey League. Um, I think it you know, generated a lot of interest. You saw the crowds. And I think more Indian players, like you said, were playing uh, against it wasn't just our internationals but domestic players got to play against very very good opposition uh and uh, it was just raising the standard it's very very similar to the ipl how it, how the ipl has raised standard of indian cricket and the depth of talent we've got i think was beginning to happen and it was just a shame that um it wasn't continued. I, I take on board what you said, you know, the reasons that given about the window. But I think if we can get one of our own elected president of the FIH, I'm sure we've got enough clout to get a window. Um, and the players, like you said, I think, um, especially with the money that India generates in, you know, even hockey uh, nationally, internationally in terms of sponsorship, I think um, they would have attracted um, players from other federations and federations would have been on board. So. We'll see if that changes. I really, really hope it changes. And it's like a lot of Indian sports, you know, domestically, you know, we're not, apart from cricket, to be fair, we're not really doing enough um, to uh, boost uh, the popularity of our individual sports. Uh, but coming back to um, some of the, um, the, the, the coverage and the popularity, is there much coverage on Indian media, on Indian TV around hockey? Well, Bharat, the Pro League is being covered because, uh, you know, the networks actually had to sign an agreement uh, that all the matches would be carried live. So uh, the Hockey Pro League is being carried live uh, by the Star Sports Network uh, in India. Having uh, said that, uh, you'd be surprised to know that in 2019, uh, the Indians played an international tournament in Malaysia. And it, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the Aslan Shah Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the premier hockey tournaments in India. And, uh, you know, we couldn't watch a single match uh, in India uh, because, uh, you know, apparently there was uh, some confusion as to which of uh, the two big net networks were actually going to cover it. And one said the contract had expired and the other said they hadn't, uh, you know, got the contract, etc. And, you, you know, you actually don't see this happening, uh, if I may say so again, uh, for a game like cricket. So, uh, you know, the Pro League is being covered uh, because that's part of a, a, a contractual agreement uh, with the FIH. And I feel that's uh, really nice. Uh, but uh, there isn't that much of hockey coverage. Although, Bharat, one has to, you know, speak in relative terms because it's better now than before. Right. Uh, because I remember a few years back when Indian hockey wasn't doing too well as well, you know, you could, there was absolutely nothing. Uh, I remember there were, there were, you know, back in, uh, let's say, 2011 or 2012, there was hardly any hockey to watch on television. 
So thankfully, it's better now. Uh, we do have uh, the Pro League. I don't even ask if the national championships are covered. Uh, the national championships, uh, some of the matches are covered. Uh, that's on uh, by the national uh, broadcaster. And uh, I'm not sure what the level of viewership uh, is. But, uh, you know, one thing, uh, it's, it's also about the fact that there isn't a lot of passion among the journalistic community, if I may say so. Now, since you mentioned Sandeep Mishra, uh, I had the you know, good fortune of meeting uh, this phenomenal hockey sports fan who's actually uh, you know, covered every single World Cup and have, he's got tattoos of uh, you know, wow. uh, the years, so that, that's passion. So when you speak to Sandeep Mishra, <laughs> you know, you feel that passion. I, I, I genuinely feel that uh, uh, you know, India needs more people who have uh, a similar level of passion because when you have hockey journalists who are truly passionate about the game, and I'm not saying there aren't any, of course there are, but there aren't that many, uh, you then put in that extra effort to try and uh, you know promote the game, uh, which I feel uh, does wonders and will do wonders if. Uh, more journalists come forward uh, because hockey as a sport, you know, you wouldn't get the same numbers for hockey, whether you were writing about the sport or whether you were doing, a, let's say, a podcast, not half, maybe not quarter the numbers you'd get. Well, I want to change that. <laughs> exactly. But you need to stick to it if you have yes. a passion. So, you know. <laughs> No, 100%. And hopefully with the support of yourself, we will do that. Um, I'm putting you on the spot now. So sorry about that. Uh, but in terms of um, before I come to uh, what's happening at the moment, um, you know, when, you, when when I see coverage of uh, major tournaments in Orisha and uh, fair play to the state government, they've pumped in a lot of money to make Orisha sort of the you know main place for the national team and the Indian team. Um, but the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know, we've got a fantastic national stadium in Delhi that's seen incredible uh, hockey. Um, what do you think of the change to Orisha from Delhi? Bharat, I think it's a welcome change because all you need to do is to actually compare the two World Cups. Uh, there was a World Cup in Delhi in 2010. And... Uh, there were lots of this, the stadium uh, used to be empty, and I still remember there was not that much passion uh, among the spectators. Uh, it was a World Cup, uh, you know, which failed to attract, uh, you know, a lot of media coverage. You could actually see it. You know, the empty stands were there for all to see. Uh, in sharp contrast, and the contrast couldn't be any more stark. In 2018, you had a World Cup like never before. It was the finest World Cup ever, so much so, Bharat, that any other country, if they host another World Cup, hockey World Cup in the future, the standards have been raised to such an extent now that uh, you know, it's it's going to be tough uh, for any of the other hockey playing countries to actually match up. Wow. Uh, whether it's it's in terms of uh, you know the facilities uh, for uh, for the media, the spectators, uh, 
the kind of uh, dressing rooms which the players had with specialized areas set apart for goalkeepers, uh, the kind of thought processes uh, which went into every minute detail. It was just wonderful to see and I can, you know, actually say with pride that uh, the Orisha government have done something uh, which uh, makes us proud as uh, hockey fans, uh, definitely. Uh, but then again, uh, you know, it's it's only, as I said, it's only in pockets. Mm. So, uh, no, but it's so heartening. I never knew it was rated so highly and um, it was so well managed and run because you don't get that sort of an insight when you're just watching the tournament from here. But that is so heartening to hear. And I, I can now understand why Bhuvneshwar have got the next World Cup in 2023. And I believe there's plans to build a, a brand new stadium as well for hockey. That's correct. Uh, you know, when Bhubaneshwar was uh, awarded the next World Cup as well, uh, the FIH uh, faced a lot of criticism uh, and faced many questions as to why the World Cup was going back to India yet again. Uh, but, uh, you know, something that uh, the FIH um, uh, said uh, was very sensible. They said, that, you know, the amount of capital, the amount of effort uh, which was actually put in to make that stadium. Now, a stadium, uh, if it was used again in 2023, it would actually, you know, make sense because a lot of the money and the effort would be wasted mm. if that wasn't the case. For example, the amount of capital one invests when you have an Olympic tournament, mm. uh, you put together all the infrastructure, etc. And once the Olympics ends, uh, those facilities, uh, you know, are not used anymore and, mm. you know, may be considered a phenomenal waste, although it doesn't look that, that way. So what the FIH said was that when you have a world-class stadium put together, why don't you use it twice over? That's, that, that's perfectly fine, which I think makes uh, sense. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's a track record of uh, stadiums being built for major tournaments that are now, well, you know, in disrepair. You can think of the uh, Rio Olympics, the uh, Brazil World Cup. Uh, you can even go back to Greece Olympics. And I think in Montreal, they're still paying for their Olympics. So, no, fair play to the FIH on taking that stance. Um, you know, you, you said you're living through, I mean, as a in, passionate Indian hockey fan, you know, you've lived through the tough times, as you mentioned. It was tough following the national team, but you've been recently living through um, uh, uh, the good times, as it were, and hopefully they'll continue um, being good and get better. But th did the good times start in 2019 with the appointment of Coach Reed? Uh, not really, but I think the good times started in 2016. Uh, because uh, we made it to the quarterfinals uh, at Rio uh, after a very long time. I think it started with Poland Oaklands and uh, because we started doing pretty well in 2015 uh, against a lot of the top teams, I felt we could actually have gone maybe a little a bit further as well. We lost to Belgium in the quarterfinals at Rio. Uh, a lot of uh, passionate Indian hockey fans uh, felt we could have won that match and maybe made it to the semi-finals as well. And uh, we haven't actually let go of the momentum in spite of the fact that uh, a lot of coaches have uh, changed along the way, which uh, you know, is uh, pretty normal uh, by uh, Hockey India standards. 
but it hasn't affected the players because if you see no matter uh, who the coach has been since 2016 uh, you know the graph has already always been upwards uh, we've moved up the rankings uh, you know we've been pretty consistent there has been the odd hiccup for example when we lost the semi-finals of the asian games to malaysia which was uh, quite ridiculous but by and large uh, i think the overall graph has gone upwards now since you mentioned Graham b uh, but what i need to mention to you is uh, when Graham reed came in there was this huge debate uh, about indian versus foreign coaches uh, not sure if you're aware of it but it was something that was raging Right, and Graham Reed wasn't particularly popular when he came in because he had just replaced uh, an Indian coach who was extremely popular, and I can understand why, uh, and that was Harinder Singh. So Graham Reed had to deliver, and deliver he did. I mean, we haven't had a lot of hockey because of uh, the COVID pandemic, Mm. but whatever we've had, if you look at the results, you know, against Belgium, Netherlands, Australia, Argentina, I mean, it just can't get better. We've, uh, you know, we've played against some of the top teams in the world, and we've done pretty well. We've done well on the European tour as well, and I'm sure uh, had the rest of the Pro League matches been held uh, against Great Britain and uh, Germany, I think we would have uh, done quite well. So, uh, I think Grand Reed's done a good job without actually making too many changes. And he respects the fact that the previous coaches have done a good job as well. So it's a coordinated effort. And I think he's on the right track. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned a couple of things. I mean, yeah, we do go through uh, national team hockey coaches like, you know, nobody's business. They don't seem to last for more than two years. Um, But just on that debate of, you know, a foreign coach or an Indian coach. I mean, before we didn't have the, uh, the level of coaching. That was the reason given initially to bring in the foreign coaches. So where do you stand on that? Well, uh, Graham, I've spoken to a lot of the uh, Indian players. And when you actually interview them, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, for a a particular media organization, then they say things that are politically correct. But when you actually have chats with them offline, so to speak, you know, they open up. And uh, trust me, a a lot of them have told me that when the foreign coaches did come come in, they simply had to. There was no other way. Because if they hadn't come in at that particular stage, Indian hockey would have just fallen off a cliff. Right. So you had uh, Vic Charlesworth come in and he couldn't do much. But uh, from 2010, you had Jose Brasa, Michael Knox, etc. They did their bit. But I felt that Roland Oatman's uh, with all his experience, uh, did a phenomenal job. Uh, Sean Marine had a brief uh, tenure, but he did uh, uh, what he could. He tried to make some changes. And he also brought in some exciting young players who are actually doing very well today. That's uh, Vivek Prasad, uh, you know, Dilpreet Singh, etc., who are part of the team now. Uh, Harindra Singh had an impossible task ahead of him. And I remember in the first press conference uh, after Harindra Singh took over, uh, we actually asked him that you have three really big tournaments, the Asian Games, 
the World Cup and prior to that, the Champions Trophy ahead of you. And the Champions Trophy at the time was just less than two months away. So what do you plan to do? And uh, Harinder Singh said, I don't, you know, I know the team, I know the language, I know the culture. I know I don't have to change much. So, you know, I'm okay. I, I, I'm going to take it on. Uh, but um, I think he did pretty well too. I mean, we reached the finals of the Champions Trophy, and almost beat Australia. And beating Australia in hockey is, uh, you know, it's, it's the ultimate achievement. We almost got there. And then, as is the case with Indian hockey ever so often, we are erratic and we're not consistent, which is why we lost uh, the Asian Games semi-final. And, uh, you know, Harindra Singh's trouble started there. I think we did pretty well in the World Cup. Uh, you know, losing to Holland in a quarterfinal isn't, uh, you know, disastrous. Um, so I, I, I personally don't think that Harinder Singh uh, should have actually lost his job. Uh, but then uh, if, if you look back, uh, the same can be said about a lot of the other coaches as well. Uh, so I think Graham Reed, what, what Graham Reed has done, and this is what he's actually said in a lot of interviews, is that I the state of the present team is the sum total, as he says, is the term he likes to use, of the work done by the coaches in the past. So I'd like to take it forward. Uh, he hasn't done anything drastic, tried to make too many changes, or uh, tried anything, uh, any uh, new innovations. He's done the right thing. Uh, but coming back to your question, <clears throat> I really do not think that there are that many Indian coaches currently uh, who are either willing to take uh, the job on or uh, have the expertise. That is just my view. Uh, <clears throat> although the popular sentiment in India right now is that we should do away with foreign coaches, but my question is who? Mm -hmm. Now, Harindra Singh is now the coach of uh, the US team. Mm -hmm. You have uh, people like Jude Felix, uh, I'm not sure if uh, they're still in favor with Hockey India, and I don't know who, who they are. So uh, if there are people arguing for an Indian coach, uh, you know, I'd be happy if they tell me who they are, who, yeah. who are they looking at, because I don't see that many people, uh, you know, vying for the job. It's something which Roland Altman once said in an interview, he said not that many senior or ex-Indian players are actually... Uh, going ahead and trying to get into uh, coaching jobs. So I think that's mm. where uh, the problem lies. Yeah, that is that. And it's uh, something, another thing that the Federation needs to look at because um, we do need that, uh, uh, you know, coaching standard to go up because um, domestically that makes a difference and obviously it gives you the options moving up because you want to get to a situation where we do have a, a coach from the nation that's good enough and uh, at that level that we can confidently put it you know put uh, the uh, job into their hands but it is a tough job for nobody i think that's part of it even though you know we've not won the we've not won the, any titles for the past i don't know how many years but it's still a very uh high profile job isn't it being the national hockey team uh, coach uh, and the pressures that it brings and uh, coach reed i think uh, was a little bit Lucky is that the word that when he came in, you know, we had that Olympics playoffs, 
where we were playing the likes of Russia and Uzbekistan and uh, South Africa, teams that we should quite rightly see off, and which we did, to be fair. But then the real test came when the FIH Pro League, like you said, came in. And the performances against the, I mean, I think they only lost two games against Australia and Belgium in that time uh, last year when it was or the year, yeah, last year. Um, so there were brilliant performances against top, top level teams. Absolutely. Uh, what happened was that in 2019, since India went part of the FIH Pro League, uh, there wasn't a single match against one of the better teams. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, India were, uh, had to play the Olympic qualifiers, etc. And, well, uh, one might well argue that Graham Reed had time to settle in, mm. but I think he made the most uh, of uh, of that time and uh, you can only win or you can only play against uh, yeah. who you slotted to play uh, so uh, i think uh, you know uh, that's fair enough and uh, what uh, something about you know graham reed is uh, that also uh, graham reed is someone who is part of uh, the great australian team of of the 1980s as a player. He's uh, played alongside people like uh, Rick Charlesworth, etc. Mm -hmm. um, I would consider that team to be one of the best in history. Uh, it was a phenomenal side and he has, uh, you know, lots of experience. Uh, he was assistant uh, coach in the Netherlands before he moved uh, to India. And, uh, you know, I've actually spoken to uh, Max Callis who is the Dutch coach who actually uh, told me that uh, Graham Reed uh, has a great understanding of international hockey and uh, uh, you know will be able to do a really good job, uh, I think, uh, which he has. Uh, but then, uh, since we are approaching the Olympics, Bharat, uh, it's not the first time that India have raised expectations. Yeah. <laughs> He've done that many times in the past before the major tournaments and yeah. when the actual tournaments, you know, when, when the crunch matches arrive, that's when uh, the Indians somehow, uh, you know, don't uh, meet expectations. So I'm just hoping that doesn't happen again. A hundred percent. And I was, I was thinking, as you said, that is very similar to England in uh, football tournaments beforehand. Uh, there's a lot of hype, but, you know, this is going to be our year. You know, it's been 1966 since they last won a major tournament. And uh, again, this year before the Euros uh, in the summer, there's high expectations. And I feel, to be fair, even myself, um, when the Olympics come around, when the World Cup comes around, you know, my expectations of the Indian team is get to the semifinals. I'll be so happy if you get to the semifinals. And then they struggle in the quarterfinals and uh, what have you. Um, but um, one of the reasons I wanted the podcast uh, this weekend was that it was meant to be the start of a very big month for the team in preparation for the Tokyo Olympics and unfortunately because of the pandemic the games against um, England or uh, and uh, Spain and Spain. Germany have been postponed I was hoping to go to the England game actually today Sunday um, how much of an impact will that have on our preparations well uh, uh, you know Bharat uh, the Indian Games, of course, are going to be special, I think, at, at the Lee Valley uh, Hockey Centre. Mm. And, uh, you know, but uh, against Germany, we haven't played a match against Germany uh, for the last uh, 
three and a half years. The last time we played against Germany was in 2017. That was uh, in the Hockey World League uh, uh, finals. And that was, uh, uh, I think it was the bronze medal match. And uh, we beat Germany 2-1, but that was a German team. Uh, uh, you know, more than half the German team were ill. And uh, that was a match in which the crowd actually cheered for Germany, even though the Germans lost, because more than half the side were ill and uh, the, they couldn't make any substitutions because there was no one left on the bench. Uh, but, but the team did really well. Uh, Germany are one side who've, you know, lost their way in the, in the past, but in the pro league, uh, if you actually look at the last few matches, they've come back very strongly. And uh, I think uh, the Indians, uh, uh, you know, it would, very, it would have been very interesting to have an India-Germany match uh, because the Germans now look a team rejuvenated. And the Indians are in form as well. And Germany uh, and India find themselves in different rules uh, in the Olympics. And, uh, you know, an India-Germany quarterfinal may well be on the cards. So, you know, if that does happen, um, I think the Indians uh, have definitely lost out uh, in being unable, uh, you know, to play Germany because, uh, uh, you know, the Germans are going to be more or less, uh, I would say, an unknown entity. I think uh, we haven't played Germany for a very long time. Uh, it's, it's, we, we could have played Spain as well. I think Spain are a very attacking side. And uh, I was actually hoping that the matches against Germany and Spain go through up one against uh, GB was cancelled. But of course, it will impact the team. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt in that. And that's one reason why uh, Graham Reed actually said that even the practice matches against Argentina, not just the Pro League matches, but the practice mm. matches before the Pro League and after the Pro League, mm. were just as important as the Pro League because every international match you get at the moment is, uh, is, is precious. So yeah. I just hope the Indians have made the most of uh, those matches. And uh, I think it, it, it's really sad because the Indians are now number three uh, in, in the Pro League table, but don't have a match left in the season while the other teams do because the European teams get to play against each other. Mm. Australia and New Zealand aren't going to play uh, any more matches. Mm. So it's, it's uh, left to the European teams to actually go up the Pro League ladder. But uh, it's, I, I don't think Pro League is uh, that important, but... Uh, I just hope that the, the Indians have done enough and, uh, you know, can uh, build from whatever experience, uh, you know, they've gained uh, through the recent matches. It is going to be a strange Olympics, uh, yeah. Bharat. It's not yeah. something that uh, any of the teams have ever seen, seen before. Yeah. And Australia and New Zealand haven't uh, played a lot as well uh, in the recent past. Uh, but if you actually uh, look at the performances, I think the Indians are right up there. Because if you actually follow the Pro League, I think we've been one of the most consistent uh, sides. So just hoping that uh, the Indians uh, will do well in the Olympics this time. And a semi-final is definitely on the cards. Well, I hope so. And uh, with 73, 74 days to go, you know, um, I, I think uh, missing out on these pro league games against the Europeans 
will have an impact, but hopefully, you know, it, not too much of an impact once the Olympics uh, start. And like you said, uh, I wasn't aware of the lack of hockey that New Zealand and hockey um, Australia have had as well, you know, so there'll be tough preparations for them as well. Uh, but I think they can look back on the tour of Argentina with, with a lot of um, hope. Um, I was lucky enough to see the games live here. It was at the right time. So, you know, my first taste of uh, international hockey this year. So it, really heartening to see the performances on both of those games um, and reading about the um, the uh, uh, the games beforehand, the uh, warm-up games. Uh, but India have been, you know, they're third in the FI Pro League uh, at the moment, but internationally in terms of the rankings, they've been fifth since 2018. Would you agree that the gap between fifth and the top four is very is razor thin. It's on the day, and it's not that big a gap. Or do you disagree and say that you know the likes of Belgium and Australia are still a little bit ahead of India? No, I wouldn't say it's razor thin uh, because uh, you know the Indians have got to be a lot more consistent. Uh, you know to uh, to actually bridge that gap, and also uh, if I may add, uh, although I've been pretty elated, as is every Indian hockey fan, about India's uh, performances uh, in the Pro League last year, uh, some of the uh, coaches who I've spoken to uh, have actually told me not uh, you know, to put too much into those performances because apparently uh, the European club season was actually uh, you know, a beginning uh, you know, when India was playing the Pro League matches. So... Uh, what they've told me is that uh, teams, uh, the teams haven't started gelling as a unit at the national level because uh, the players actually, you know, concentrate a, a lot more on club hockey at that particular point in time. So what they told me was to, to wait and see because those teams would start playing better with time, uh, which I'm sure, uh, you know, they will because... Uh, Belgium uh, are not a side uh, which uh, have done well for the last uh, one or two years. They've been doing consistently ever since, uh, you know, uh, they've really come up in hockey. That was a decade ago uh, following the victory against Germany uh, in the Olympic qualifiers. Uh, the Belgians are way ahead in the Pro League. They have a depth of talent, which is quite incredible simply because uh, if you actually look at the players, uh, a lot of the players who won silver in Rio are still around and they're still performing just as well. Uh, a lot of observers actually, you know, uh, wanted to see the Belgians would continue to do well once the current crop mm -hmm. uh, moved on, but that hasn't happened and that isn't likely to happen in the near future. So I think Belgium is way, way ahead. Uh, as far as Australia are concerned, uh, they have been the number one team in world hockey uh, for as far back as I can remember. And uh, you well may be able to uh, uh, you know, play well against Australia. We did do well in the Champions Trophy finals, etc. But to actually say that we are a better team than Australia, I think... Uh, will uh, take a lot of doing because if you actually look at the head-to-head -head record between India and Australia, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty one-sided. And uh, with, with the Dutch, 
you know, we've had uh, so many uh, changes of coaches uh, over the past few years, but they've stuck with Max Caldas for the simple reason that uh, the Dutch don't look, you know, they don't simply look at the results of the matches. They have a particular plan for every tournament. And if that plan is fulfilled, they see it as a success. For example, the Netherlands uh, in the Champions Trophy, uh, you know, they, they lost to India. But uh, in, in the World Cup, uh, they beat Australia in the semifinals. I think it was a phenomenal match and lost out narrowly in the finals. So teams like that know just where to step up. And I think the Netherlands have a phenomenal depth of talent. Uh, if you watch the Pro League last year, if you actually look at the matches, uh, you know, there were uh, games in which the Netherlands would rotate more than 70% of their team. Uh, and if you actually looked at the games, uh, there would be no change in the structure, no change uh, in the manner they played, uh, even though, uh, you know, there were as, much, as many as 20 different players uh, taking the field. So I think we've a long way to go before we actually reach that level, because, but we are knocking on the doors. That's for sure. Of getting into the top four. Um, yeah, yeah that, that, that's uh, heartening to hear as well. Um, in, in terms of, um, you know, we'll look forward to uh, the Olympics uh, in due course. And, um, you know, we've seen the tables, the, uh, the, the groups that we're in. Um, would you agree that we've, how shall I say, easier group? Then the other one, because when I looked at it with Belgium, Germany, Netherlands, and Britain um, in the other group, and we've got uh, Australia, Spain, Argentina, New Zealand, and Japan, we should be looking at a top two finish. Is it too early to say that? Well, uh, you know, uh, when when you have a crossover or a quarterfinals, uh, I think uh, it kind of it, it negates uh, the easy and the difficult group because if you are in in an easy group, you then uh, face a difficult yeah. team in the crossover or the quarterfinal, which is a knockout game. And that's uh, precisely what Graham Lee told me when I asked him uh, this question. So uh, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, as far as the Olympics are concerned, I think every single team raises the level of their game uh, phenomenally. So much so, Bharat, that although the Australians have been the number one team in the world, they have just one Olympic gold medal uh, to their name. And I actually asked this question to Graham Reed, uh, who was rather irritated because he didn't relish this question. Uh, apparently, it's something he's been asked a number of times. <laughs> but what he said was that, you know, the Olympics are different to any other tournament in the world because every team wants to win the Olympics. So every team is willing to go that much harder they're willing to put in that much extra so uh, you know i i really hope that uh, the indians do make it however you have japan in the pool now japan are the asian games champions and they've done pretty well recently uh, in fact uh, the japanese beat great britain that was, uh, that was a tournament in, uh, in malaysia uh, Japan, Great Britain, Malaysia, the friendlies, etc. So you never know because uh, in a big match, uh, if you have a couple of uh, bad days at the office, uh, you know things can suddenly get really difficult. So I, I really don't think uh, that uh, the Indian team right now would be uh, actually 
uh, focusing on uh, where they can get, uh, where they can go rather. But, uh, you know, in spite of the fact that we've been erratic, in spite of the fact that we haven't been the most consistent team in the world, in spite of the fact that the Olympics will be tough, I really believe that this time it's, it's, it's India's uh, Olympics and uh, I really feel we get there for the simple reason that we've got a young team, we've got a very fit team, we've got a coach uh, who knows what it takes uh, to win uh, gold medals. In the past, uh, there was a lot of indiscipline in the side, uh, although you had very talented players, as uh, you know, Bharat Chetri, uh, India's goalkeeper and captain uh, of the 2012 Olympics once told me, he said, in the past in the Indian team, you have the so-called heroes and the so-called zeros. So you had players, uh, you know, you had to look up to and the other cons others considered, uh, you know, the ones who were not considered good enough, etc. Uh, that isn't the case now. I think they're gelling really well. So I think if I was a rival team, I'd be looking up at India, saying that India is the team to beat uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, and I'll come to the players and the current squad at the moment and ask you to give me, as part of my uh, hockey one-on-one, -on -one, your 11 that would start ideally. Uh, but just when you were talking earlier, just, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is how remarkable Belgium have turned around their hockey uh, because they weren't a hockey nation before. It's similar to, would you agree, what Spain did back in a few years ago where, uh, you know, they don't have a history of uh, hockey, but they became a power in hockey as well. It's amazing how these European teams seem to turn turn it around very quickly with investment and um, you know Absolutely. putting in the time. Absolutely, uh, Spain did it, but uh, not for very long. And uh, as far as Belgium are concerned, uh, I think they invested a lot uh, in uh, in the younger players. So the current lot, which are doing very well, have actually been nurtured at a very young age. There was a, a process in place by the Belgian uh, Hockey Association to actually uh, push up the levels. And what you see, uh, you know, as far as the Belgians are concerned, is not some kind of a miracle. It's, it's part of a very structured process, uh, which is uh, actually yielding uh, results. Uh, as far as Spain are concerned, yes, uh, I think Spain uh, also uh, went up the ladder but couldn't stay up uh, uh, for that long. And same is the case with Argentina. Argentina went a great mm. uh, force to reckon with. Uh, although I would say that, uh, you know, in the 2016 World Cup, it was almost a one-man show because they had uh, Gonzalo Pea and he was, uh, you know, he was a phenomenal player. Uh, uh, PC uh, specialist, uh, but I think uh, the Belgians overall on the whole uh, have been, uh, you know, the Belgian model is something which a lot of teams will actually be looking closely at and attempting to follow. I think uh, Indians can actually, uh, you know, take a leaf or two out of uh, that uh, Belgian book as well. Yeah, uh, I think um, it's a model that um, if possible to replicate it um, certainly works and uh, what you mentioned about the Germans as well I mean they're just like the football team they always turn up at the tournament somehow uh, but it seems it's the same 
case with the Netherlands as well. So it's going to be a very, very tough one. I'll take on point, uh, take on board what you said about, you know, if you're in a, a, a slightly weaker group than the other ones in, in the crossover, you're going to meet those teams. And I was just thinking ahead before you uh, enlighten me on where Netherlands and the like are. If we finish in the top two, we might avoid uh, Belgium and Germany in the crossover, but it's never that simple, is it? Um, but in terms of the current squad and um, the players that we have, um, would you be able to tell me your 11 that, that would start the first game um, against, um, I think it's New Zealand, our first game? I know it's very, very early, but ideally at the moment, who would be uh, your starting lineup? And hockey, one of the things that sometimes confuses me and I'm sure a few other people is the formations uh, because it's not as straightforward as football or other sports can you uh, talk through your 11 and the positions and ideal formation for india well uh, you know as far as uh, hockey uh, is concerned uh, you know this the starting level isn't uh, is something which is put up at the beginning of every game yet unlike a football starting level it's 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 very different because of the rolling substitutions yeah. mm. uh, etc uh, but then uh, as far as goalkeepers are concerned, since you have a couple of goalkeepers and we have only two now, uh, you have Swedish and you have Christian Patak, not much uh, room for change there. Uh, so uh, I'm sure they would be the ones to start. As far as uh, the defenders are concerned, you have Harman Preet Singh and he is one of uh, the best defenders in the world today along with being one of the best uh, PC uh, specialists, someone who is extremely cool and someone who's matured very early. Uh, you have Varun Kumar, uh, who, uh, you know, in, in 2018, uh, up until the middle of 2019, played every single match and every single tournament without an, uh, a single injury, without a fitness problem, or without being uh, dropped uh, for lack of form. Uh, so uh, Varun would uh, definitely, uh, you know, be uh, in my side. As far as the defenders are concerned, uh, Surinder Kumar uh, for me is uh, another uh, one who picks himself uh, and Amit Rohitdas as well. And uh, also Bharat, uh, Amit Rohitdas, Harman Preet Singh and Varun Kumar are also uh, uh, really precious to India because all of them uh, can actually you know, um, uh, as far as the PC batteries are concerned, when they line up as 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 the first and second, can confuse mo most goalkeepers because uh, all of them have the capacity to actually uh, do very well with the PCs, and that's a big plus for India. Uh, as far as the midfield is concerned, you have, of course, the captain uh, Manpreet Singh. Hey, a lot uh, of good things about him. <laughs> absolutely, and. Uh, you know, recently, uh, you know, a lot of people actually say that India is a team uh, who concede goals uh, uh, in the last few minutes. If you've actually, uh, you know, been reading about Indian hockey, etc., there's a lot said about lack of killer instinct and, uh, uh, you know, lack of fitness, etc., which isn't the case anymore. But India can score goals in the last minute as well. If you actually go back to the first Pro League match against Argentina, uh, you know, the Argentinians had more or less uh, were trying to sit on their 2-1 lead and were knocking the ball around uh, as if the match was already in the pocket. And it was Manpreet Singh with his, you know, uh, 
amazing inspired effort who actually earned the PC and turned it all around. So mm. Manpreet is one player who can actually uh, turn a match on its head. He's, he's done it in the past and uh, he's a great source of inspiration uh, to his junior colleague in the midfield that Vivek, Saga, Vivek Prasad, uh, the young uh, prodigy who, uh, you know, again, really looks up uh, to Manpreet. So I think the Indian midfield uh, uh, is, again, really, really compact as uh, compared uh, to before. Uh, as far as uh, the strikers are concerned, I think there's a problem of plenty. All right. Because who, I mean, as a coach, who are you going to keep out uh, when there is so much talent available? You have someone like Akash Deep Singh, who is actually not picked uh, for the Pro League matches against Argentina. He's one of the best strikers in the world. Uh, he's someone, uh, if you actually go back to the Asian Games, uh, he scored some astounding goals. Uh, with his, uh, you know, with his uh, reverse uh, uh, strikes, uh, etc. You have Ramandeep Singh, who's been struggling with injury. Uh, he actually missed the World Cup. Uh, since then, he's come back. And uh, I would very much like to see him as part of the 11, although he didn't actually play, play the Pro League uh, matches uh, against Argentina. And maybe uh, I'm a bit emotional as far as Ramandeep is concerned because I know, uh, you know, I've spoken to him many a time and I know how passionate he is about the game. And uh, he actually missed the World Cup and I definitely hope he gets to play the Olympics since uh, he deserves uh, to be there. And he also combines uh, extremely well with, with uh, you know, the other strikers. You have Mandeep Singh who is uh, the poacher, uh, you know, in uh, the four of who I describe as the fearsome foursome. And Mandeep has the ability to actually, you know, put himself in those positions uh, in front of goal where the defenders would least expect him to be, and which is a talent uh, you need to be born with. I mean, you to anticipate where the ball would be and uh, at a particular point in time, as compared to you know the defensive formations, etc., is not something which can be taught. Not no, something which a coach can actually. Yeah, so that's pure opportunism, and I think Mandeep is uh, really uh, good uh, with uh, his uh, coaching abilities. Uh, as far as uh, the rest of the strikers are concerned, I don't know uh, if you actually. Uh, if I was the coach, uh, I, I'd have a tough time uh, deciding, uh, you know, who to keep out. Because again, you have someone, a senior like uh, Sonal, uh who hasn't played a lot of uh, major tournaments. He used to be the live wire uh, and he, you know, hasn't done so well. You have the phenomenally talented Lalit Upadhyay, uh, who, uh, you know, uh, is one of the most talented strikers in the world. Uh, he can actually uh, get past any uh, defensive combination. And uh, he's been doing well, if you remember, in the Pro League uh, as well. So uh, it's it's really tough, but I would go with uh, Lalit 
Ramandeep, Mandeep, and Akashdeep uh, as uh, uh, the four strikers who are my favorite. So uh, fantastic. That would... And that's a good problem for Poetry to have if there's an abundance of um, players to choose from up front. And, um, you know, the way you've described the players is just raise my expectations of and hope uh, moving into the tournament, which is never a good thing. Um, but, um, yeah, I think uh, this year, uh, I, know, I know I've said it before, that the come Olympics, it's, it's you know, we always think we're going to get to a medal position or the semifinals to fight for a medal position. But I just, from what you've said today, um, I think we've got a very, very realistic chance, more than uh, we have had in the recent past. So um, I hope, um, you know, it, we'll see how it goes in Tokyo, but I hope um, they live up to it this time. Uh, Subhash, is, you know, it, I said, you know, this is an education for me. It has been an education, a fantastic insight into uh, the state of hockey, but more importantly, the state of our national team at the moment, which is looking right um, for people. And I want to encourage as many people as possible to follow um, your articles and yourself. Uh, how can they do that? Where can they catch you? Well, uh, Bharat, uh, as far as uh, being a freelance right now, it's 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 pretty tough because there hasn't been a lot of uh, hockey played uh, uh, you know, uh, in the recent past uh, as well, but I do hope uh, to be covering uh, the Olympics. So uh, if I do uh, cover the Olympics, uh, I would, uh, you know, definitely uh, be uh, available uh, with my stories, etc. Uh, possibly writing for uh, the bridge. Uh, so uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it, uh, though nothing is, uh, you know, certain as yet because uh, uh, I was just reading a story last week about uh, uh, how Japan uh, is now in a state of uh, emergency and apparently there was a referendum uh, in Japan and uh, public opinion seems to be uh, swaying just a bit against the games because uh, there have right. been more than 20,000, uh, I don't remember the number, but signatures of people who say they don't want the games. Uh, and uh, I really don't know where we go from here because uh, uh, in India, things are, uh, you know, pretty bad at the moment. Uh, I'm hoping things would be looking up uh, soon. Um, hoping that the travel restrictions uh, are lifted because there's not much time left for the Olympics. But uh, somewhere deep down, I do hope that, uh, you know, things will uh, actually be looking up pretty soon, I'm sure, with the the Indians will do well, and uh, I'm sure that uh, the Indian hockey will uh, see that days uh, uh, pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, um, I think um, Tokyo, you know, I do feel for them, the investment they've put in and then the pandemic they hit. But I think they had a um, closed door uh, test of the athletic stadium today. So I think they're continuing with that, but I totally understand where the public are on this and um, yeah, we'll see if anything changes but at the moment. Yeah, the plans are that the hockey, uh, the uh, Olympics will go ahead uh, with obviously no crowds from abroad, a huge bubble for the uh, sportsmen, which is going to be and women and it's going to be very, very different Olympics to what we usually are used to. Uh, but I totally appreciate, you know, about, um, you know, there'll be more uh, stuff from yourself during the Olympics and building up to the Olympics. Uh, but one thing I hope you do, you don't mind sharing is your Twitter handle. Absolutely. Uh, 
uh, I would uh, be sharing uh, my uh, Twitter handle, uh, etc., with you, Bharat, uh, immediately after the show. So uh, you can actually uh, follow uh, my whichever stories I put out. I will be putting it out on Twitter, and uh, I hope you enjoy them, and a lot of other people do too. I'm sure they will. Like uh, I really enjoyed talking to you today, my friend. Really, really, I can't thank you enough for taking time out. And um, I want to continue with these hockey podcasts on a regular basis. And hopefully um, you'll be able to continue uh, coming on the show because uh, I don't think we talk enough about hockey. Not just because it's Olympics year. All right, that might have been the, um, you know, one of the main reasons we focused on. But, you know, even afterwards, there's a Junior World Cup hopefully going to happen. Um, and um, like you said, uh, the FIH is trying to make hockey into uh, all year round um, uh, competitions in various formats. So plenty to talk about. And uh, hopefully we can continue this ride as India hockey uh, rises as well. But uh, for today, thank you so much, my friend. Really enjoyed talking to you. It's been a great insight. Absolute uh, pleasure, Bharat. And if I may add, uh, there's something I missed out as well. The FIH is also uh, starting a Hockey Fives uh, tournament. I think that's going to be in October uh, in Switzerland, and the Indians are going to be uh, on board as well. So that's something the FIH is doing to try and make hockey more popular. Uh, something like the Cricket 2020, uh, if you'd like to make a comparison. So uh, that's coming up as well. Fantastic. That's even more hockey to look forward to this year, my friend. And um, hopefully I can uh, look forward to it with you. Um, but uh, the final message for me is please stay safe. I know things are very, very tough back home. Um, we get the uh, updates and news and I've talked about it on other podcasts. Uh, but my prayers and wishes are with yourself and your family. And uh, the nation obviously uh, gets through this very tough time soon. But uh, stay safe, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.